0: You joke the whole day around. You know you touch food, you touch amazing product. You you, you, you eat you eat stuff every day that uh, some people eat once a year. Um, and you got to you can be creative and and it uh, it it it's about, I love being a chef.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Chefing these days isn't just about being able to cook, managing staff. Calculating food costs and ensuring viability are just as important as wowing a guest on a plate. But how do you obtain the skills to make it? Guillaume Zika is the executive chef of Burley Pavilion and The Tropic and co-owner of Freddy's Chicken Shop. Guillaume, how are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. You're busy with a couple of venues um, up on the north coast of uh, New South Wales. What's, what's life like up there?
0: It's good. It's good. It's actually really, really good. Um, can't really complain. I mean, the weather is not the best at the moment uh, but most of the time it's sunny, it's warm uh, you know, it's, you're by the beach uh, Like seriously, there's not much to complain about.
1: You've cooked all over the world and find yourself um, in in regional Australia in, in some ways. Um, did you ever expect to be where you are? Uh,
0: not really. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm from a Big city, which is Paris, and I lived in in, in all the big cities like New York and and London and Dublin and Sydney and and now yeah, like you said, I'm I'm in a little in a little town called Burley Heads, um and uh, and I'm loving it. But I guess this is this is this is uh, this is life, you know. When you get older, you are more looking into the quiet areas, and you know you you're done with with you know going out and the big crowds and and uh, and all those busy towns.
1: I I want to get into all of the cities that you've lived in and the incredible restaurants you've worked at but tell us a little bit about Burley Heads and and what you're doing there.
0: Um well I'm managing the Burley Pavilion so we opened about 4 years ago um and uh it's it, it's it's a massive it's a massive uh business. We've got about a thousand sit on the on the on the Burley Pavilion side and then we've got uh sorry not a thousand sit uh about 600 sit and then we've got about um 250 seats in a restaurant um so it's it's uh it's a big operation and uh it's on, it's in a little town burley heads but believe it or not it's like it gets so busy and it's every weekend we're full house there's a queue at the door uh we do about 600 covers in a restaurant in a whole day on the busy saturday uh in, a, in the burley pavilion side we don't even count it's uh, just he's just mental, but you know why it's so much fun. So I, I only work in in small fifty seat, sixty seat restaurants my whole life, and and when Ben May came to me and he's like, do you want to open the pavilion for me? I was like, Ooh, I don't know, sure, I'll do it. And so I took it as a challenge, and uh, and uh, and designing the whole kitchen's been really, really stressful and challenging because I never really put put my foot in the, in a big business like that, um, but. He, he He was a big challenge and, and and we made it and now it's like the business run really smoothly on the weekend and it's great loving it.
1: you've also got Freddie's chicken shop can you can you tell us a bit about that and and how it came about
0: So Freddie's chicken shop is something uh, that I cone with uh, with Rob Domjan, is uh, some someone who work at the pavilion as well and and uh the owner of the Burley pavilion so we talked about we we talked about it for little while on being was almost like a little joke, being like, oh, how good would it be to, to have a chicken shop? Uh, and uh, and uh, we ended up, you know, like uh, Rob, Rob almost took it like, a little bit more seriously and started looking for a site and, and went up like, oh, God, we've got a good site. Like we might as well, you know, make it happen. And so, you know, we, we got into it and uh, what, September last year, uh, we, we opened the door. And we've got like we've got a great corner on 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 jam street on burley heads and and spamping it's really good so we do we're simply roast chicken and some so like on the on the on the french rotisserie uh we've got a big display of salad we do we do big uh, like hot vegetables and mac and cheese and and burgers and only chicken burgers we don't do anything else and and burgers funny enough it's they, they, they're so popular don't know why i mean it's maybe it's because they're they, are, they, are, we just do chicken burgers, and they're all kind of different. And you know, we we, we, we use free range chicken. We marinate them in buttermilk and and crumb them, and it's uh it's uh it's it's great. Love it, love
1: it. How different is it uh, running a chicken shop compared to sort of the big venue like uh like the pavilion?
0: It's very different. Um, so it, it's uh. Where you find it a bit challenging is that it's more fun in terms of uh, you know it, it, it's less kind of it's, it's, it's not as serious as uh, what we do here because there's no table service it's no uh, like a, 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 you know it's all takeaway so the, the atmosphere of of the the people working uh, when you work at Freddy's is so relaxed and people's got shorts on and you know they got like you've it, got music the whole day and you know it's, you go you see the customer and it, it, it's so nice but saying this because it's you're only really saying burgers and chicken it's actually really hard to find uh, people that are passionate about it um, so compared to the pavilion where we do we do much more I won't say interesting things because it's interesting you know we marinate the chicken over there as well And but it's it's much easier to find uh, passionate people for the pavilion than uh, than, than for, for for Freddy's because because of this because it's uh, it's uh, I mean we well, are almost a, a burger joint, right? Um, even if we're doing it, you know, the right way and and, and toasting everyone's to order, and it's uh, you still you still struggle to find stuff uh, to find stuff that 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 actually want to do it. You
1: mentioned that you're from Paris. Uh, take us back to when you were young. What what sort of role did food play for you?
0: Well, I uh, I was born so I was born in Paris, and when I was born, my parents used to own restaurants in uh, in, uh, in in Paris. Uh, and uh, it was really not a big restaurant, like a, a really family-owned restaurant. So my, my, my dad worked there. He was a chef. Uh, he's been a chef, you know, for, for, for 20 years. My mom was running uh, on the floor. My grandmother was also working in it. Um, it was really, and, and, and a lot of family friends were actually working on it too. Um, so it's, uh, and, and, I, and I was living on, on the top floor, uh so I was quite young, I don't especially remember too much of it, but it's just the fact that we my, my whole family was was really part of hospitality business. Uh it just it just rolled into your everyday everyday life. And and when we uh when we when we do family dinners, you know, it's they're always great. And you know, like it's I mean my dad my dad cooks is an amazing cook. Uh so is my mom, so is my grandma. Uh, so uh, we always got great memories of family holidays.
1: Are there any feasts that you remember that you can uh, tell us about?
0: Uh, my dad used to love uh, to cook um, a orange. à l'orange. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's something that's not easy to cook. I mean, I mean, you can cook it, but doing well, uh, it's really hard to do. And every time when we had a special occasion, he was cooking in. Everyone used to love it. He was he was great. Is um, and uh, yeah, he, my, my mom used to love making one dessert as well, and it was uh, it was uh, uh, um, a tart Bordelou, which is um, which is a, a, a tart with uh, with poached pear and, and a frangipane. And I think this is uh, this is one of my favorite desserts, and I, I used to I used to cook it all the time myself afterward when I more became a teenager, and I think this is what got me a little bit into it uh, into the cooking.
1: Do you have any stories of the first couple of years working in a commercial kitchen and the sort of impact it had on you?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I I wanted a. Um, um, I wanted to work in a, in a, in really high high end places uh, when I was young because I, I just saw so if I start hard, it's easier to go to go down. But if you, if you start in a small restaurant, it's hard to go in those high end restaurants because it's almost scary and and so i started in a, in a in um in, in a i did my apprenticeship in a in a restaurant called le Relais Louis III in a, in in paris and the 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 head chef was uh, manuel martinez a really famous french chef very old fashioned he was a mayor of mayor of france a mof. Um, and he was he was very crazy uh, <laughs> it was a very small kitchen and and high high pressure uh always screaming um he was he was very intense very intense and um this the memory of, of of the stress that i had over there you know like like those those panic that you've got sometimes if you spill something you're like oh my god you know and 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 you almost freeze because you don't know what to do and uh, because you're scared to you get you know to get yelled at and it's uh it's uh it, it's yeah plenty of plenty of memory in there plenty of cries uh of stress <laughs> but it's funny yeah, i think it just it just makes you it just makes you who you are today and and you know it, ma- it makes you it makes you stronger it makes you it makes you you know act differently because you don't wanna you don't wanna the, the people under you to 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 be under under the diamond of stress and and um and, and to 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 have that fear if you know what i mean it's um it, it it's good it's good school
1: that determination that you had at a young age to work in the best restaurants took you all over the globe. Tell us a little bit about um, some of the venues that you've worked at and, and, you know, what, how it affected the path that you've been on.
0: Um, When, um, so I I worked in a place in in Paris called Le Grand Vifour, and this was really um, a place that that I learned a lot about, um, about, Acting like a chef and, and organize organizing myself and and, uh, and 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 you know and and just be, being being who you are today and you know getting good habits. It was a streamishland star. Um and uh, it was the first time I worked in one uh, and you just you just start from the bottom and you just you know grow and grow and grow and I remember I had um, my uh, uh, it was a section called uh, le entremet where they do all the garnish for for the meat and the fish and uh the guy who was working in that section um, he was pretty crazy his name was uh, mauro Colagreco I, I don't know if you know him he's uh he, he's he's now he's got his own restaurant in south of france called mirageur and uh he was the chef de partie of that section and i was like oh that guy is crazy i kind of want to work with him because i'm sure i'm gonna learn a lot uh, but no one wanted to work with him and everyone was so scared. And and one guy of that section, he he had two people under him. One guy of that section left, and I put my hand up straight away. And I was like, can, "Can I, can I work in that section?" And everyone was like, "Yeah, sure, go, <laughs> go for it." Uh, and uh, he he was pretty hard. He was pretty crazy, but um, you, you you learn so much when you go the hard way, because I mean, the hard way obviously you've got to be a good person, but it's it's uh, it's uh, you, you learn so much into. In, in so many levels uh, that for your future I feel like it's so beneficial and then he left and w- w- when he left you opened the Mirazur I took over the section and because it you know you, you, you embrace it so much and, and it teaches you so much that you can actually end up you know doing his job and I ended up very quickly becoming a chef de partie over there and and uh, and it, it was a great experience it was a great experience
1: you ended up working in New York and, and London um, per se in New York, renowned restaurant. How different was that kitchen to compared to the ones you'd been in previously?
0: Uh, per se was uh, was uh, was a very special experience. It's uh, my English when I arrived there was not the best. Uh, I knew I how to cook, but you know I understand what people were saying to you. I understand the the, the 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 sequence of service that they're using during the during the you know during the service of it is very. Per se is a very, very different kitchen than any other kitchen in the world. The structure, it's so structured. Everything is, everything is like you can't, you can't go on the side. You know, like you can't improvise. You can't. It's it it was really, really, really challenging and so stressful at that place because because of it. And uh, I I've got I learned a lot over there. I don't have the best memory of it. I feel like. uh, I feel like uh, um, I feel like it, it, it was almost um, almost too, um, you know, like not enough. Um, um, like a, it was not really like a, like a own like a uh, run like a family restaurant. You know what I mean? It's like almost like this big company whose everything is. I don't know. It was really really strange. And th- when I was there, was um, was when was the the big economic crisis. Um, in, in the world, I can't remember. it Was it two thousand and nine or something? And uh, and everyone was just getting fired for for nothing because they were trying to to um, to um, not to cut down the wages because it was not not as busy as as they were meant to be. So everyone was so stressed about this. And everyone, every time someone was over cooking, cooking a piece of fish, it was like. You know, almost crying because he was scared he was getting get fired, and I ended up getting fired because I came I came late twice. <laughs> like it it's, it's, it was a very very strange experience. But on the, on the cooking side, I learned a lot about labeling. You know, cutting a label with the scissors and putting your initial on it, and, and everything really nice and straight on in a fridge. It's all this you know, like uh, but yeah, it's uh it it, it, it it was great. It was great. Would I do it again? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell.
1: You spent time living in London as well. Tell us about what life was like then for you.
0: So London was great. It was fun. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's a really fun city to live in. Um, I took, uh, when I came back from New York, I, 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 sent, a, I sent my resume to Hibiscus Restaurant. Uh, the, the, the chef was Claude Bossy. The Hibiscus Restaurant doesn't exist anymore. Uh, now we opened the Bi-Ban-Ban. uh so it, it was a transitional start at time, and uh, and I sent my CV over there, and he was looking he was looking for a sous chef, so I was just like oh you know what, let's take a, a little jump and and become you know and, and take a sous chef position, and uh, I think Hibiscus was probably the the, the hardest place uh, I, I worked in. Um, Claude was. Uh, not always, you know, the easiest person to work with, but he was such an amazing cook. Uh he's, he's a mentor for me. He teaches me so much. He, he run his business like a like 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 a family owned restaurant. You know, you you know, on, on top of being a great chef, I think he was a he was really strong on knowing how 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 make the experience great uh, uh, you know for, for all the waiters and the restaurant manager from you know to the host and uh know, I mean, small restaurants. You clean everything, right? So you know you don't have cleaners. You know, so I remember him telling telling the the, the waiters how to clean properly the toilets. He was like, he was like, so if you want to make sure the, the toilets clean properly, what do you need to do? So you need to sit down on it, right? So you sit down on it and you look in, in the corners that you actually don't look. You know, you, you look at the door, you look at the the the, 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 the spider webs on the on, on the top corner left. Yeah, and, and and it's it's true, but it, and it, and he it does the same for, for everything. He used to uh, he used to sit down in a restaurant once or twice a week, and to eat to, to eat his food, um, and and, and to, to get served by the waiters and to see what he could improve on the way, the way they act and, 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 and on the dish itself that he was eating. He was coming quite often with his with his friend Anthony Dimitri, who who who, who owns a couple of restaurants, who's got Michelin stars as well. And uh, and they were doing autocritic auto of his food and, and the service together and and it's 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 a fantastic exercise um, and it's something that that I do here quite often and, and I, I do this, we do briefing every day here in the tropic and and I, almost at the end of every briefing I ask everyone to sit down in a restaurant in different spot and to to tell me. As a guest, you know they, they're here with their boring wife, and they, you know, they've got nothing to do than just looking everywhere. And 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 what can they say that's not right? What can they see that's not right? And uh, and and you, you spot so many things that when you as a waiter or or, or or as a chef, when you walk into the restaurant, you don't see them because you only focus on the top of the table, uh, and and that's it. You don't look at how, how the dust on the bottom of the chairs or or or, or how the, the the you know. All, all the, the plant looks like all those little things, and it's um, it's, um, it's 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 a great uh, it's a great skill to have to to really put yourself as a guest instead um, just standing in a kitchen and trying your food and and all this it's um, it's it, it's it's incredible.
1: You moved to Australia a decade ago. Tell us about that decision.
0: Uh, in London, um, I met uh, my wife, Jess. And uh, she's Australian, so she wanted to come back to Australia, and I was like, "Well, sure, why not?" So we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, we give, we give it a go. She, she's from, she's from Brisbane, uh, but she didn't want to come back to Brisbane, so it was like, "Well, let's go to Sydney. There's probably more opportunity for me to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to get a, to get a job anyway." So we moved to Sydney, and uh, and, uh, and and we loved it. We loved it. I find, uh, I find my home in a uh, in a place called Cottage Point Inn. Um and uh, and that was the, like a, a really challenging place to take to take over because uh, very, very small kitchen in the middle of nowhere, uh, getting, getting suppliers to come over there was was hard. I was going for I think for about two, three years, I was there for four years, for about two, three years every morning, not, not every morning, like three, four times a week, I was uh, I was going to pick up the fish at a market. Not because, you know, I wanted to get the best fish. It's just because the, the supplier was not delivering over there. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and uh, it, getting stuff was really hard as well because no bus was going there, uh, uh, no train. If you had to have a car and, and it's right on top of the northern beaches. So a lot of things were really challenging, but, um, but it, was, it was a great experience. I mean, it's, what a place. It's stunning. It's beautiful. And we made it to, uh, to, uh, to, um, to, to, I think we we, we transformed it to to a great restaurant I arrived over there. And um, after six months, we managed to get a hat. uh, And and it was really, really hard to to, to find chefs still. And I remember um, like at a point, like after a year, we're like, we're only three of us in the kitchen. I uh, I had a 17 years old apprentice and a uh, 45 year so 45 years old um, uh, lady in the kitchen, and, and and we were like, oh my god, like, what's gonna happen? We're gonna lose the heart, and we go to the. Ser- I went to the ceremony. I remember with the apprentice because you know that, that he was he was not my sous chef, but he was, you know, <laughs> he was the guy who so I was managing the kitchen really, uh, and uh, and I remember getting a second heart, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna be in trouble now, <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> But the structure that we put in the kitchen was, you know, was so strong that we ended up every, every time we had someone who c- come to work in the kitchen, they ended up looking, lo- loving the, uh, the, what, 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 we, what we created. And, um, and, and, and slowly and slowly, we built up a great team. And uh, my, uh, my, uh, my head chef, at the moment that I've got out the Burley Pavilion, he was my sous chef over there. So I've been working with him for, for six years Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it's great. It's great. Everyone, everyone that worked over there, they end up being, being great chefs. And it's so rewarding, so rewarding taking a place who was really down to transform into something amazing. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, for yourself, it feels really good. You've
1: cooked all over the world in some pretty incredible restaurants, but tell me about your food and, and your voice on the plate.
0: Um, well, I, li- I like. I- I'm, I'm a very simple person. I like eating uh, very simple food, but just well cooked. Um, I used to be. I used to be different. I used to be very, you know, like love all complicated things. And but slowly and slowly, I think. I think it's when you get older as well. It's the same with living in big cities and start, you know, living in in, in town that are much more you know, quiet, like with the food, is the same, you like, you like comfort food, it's what you want at the end, you know, like eating a simple piece of fish with some beautiful extra virgin olive oil and a slice of lemon, you know, sometimes it's so much better than, than something with some eucalyptus and, and some weird stuff on top of it, not that it's bad, you know, but sometimes it's just like, it's just what you want to eat and, and, and so, what I'm trying to achieve on the plate is, is just to put, to put, to put good ingredients together, and to put things who's who's just just really tasty, but just to keep it very simple. And uh, our menu at the at, at the tropic, we uh, it, it took us a while to get there because again, you know, like you tend to always try try to make it a little bit more complicated, and but we ended up being like, you know what, just, let's go, just go simple. Let's just go simple and let's, you know, do what people want and people are comfortable with. Because We big space. We can't do too weird either because no one would come. And, uh, and now with our menu, it's actually really hard to change it because it's, it's so almost classic that as soon as we take one dish off, to replace it with something that, you know, that's good as well, but it's different. They're like, oh, where's that dish? You know, it's like so we end up we end up hardly ever changing our menu, but we just run with specials to to, to, to you know to to bring things exciting because it's so it's so almost classic, you know, it's like in a in 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 a pizzeria, you got a margarita, you got you got a capriciosa, you got you got a prawn pizza. You can't change them, you can't take them off. That is true, you know, you, you go there and you're like, oh you don't have any margaritas oh no we like you know doing margaritas with you know the fan system like, oh okay cool you know what i mean it's different so so this this is us in the tropic it's really is really what we do and, and and i love cooking this i love i love eating in the tropic it's uh it's great
1: you briefly mentioned uh, the importance of the structure in the kitchen while you're at cottage point inn um, one of the things you've created is is a program designed for chefs to help calculate food costs and manage recipes Tell, tell us a little bit about that
0: so yeah about five years ago i um, I, um, I wanted to, I wanted to use a uh, to give more I always did my costing on, on spreadsheets, on an Excel spreadsheet, like, like, like I think every chef does. And uh, my spreadsheet was so complex that it was actually really frustrating. So I was like, oh, uh, I'm gonna have a look if I can find a program online that, that that does the job. And I couldn't find something really that I was happy with. So I was like, oh, maybe I should just build one. Um, and this is how this is how Chef Notepad. Um, got created and uh, and so I, I designed it around the way i work and the way i want things to be done and and the way i always worked and uh and uh and slowly and slowly when i had when i started having having some people using it uh they say oh I, I, do you think he could do this and you think he could do that so slowly and slowly he evolved to, to to suit a lot of other people
1: how much of a difference? does um being on top of all of this sort of stuff in the kitchen make for the operations that you do with the kitchen
0: he actually makes you more confident in 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 uh in what you do you know there's a lot of um you always you always ask yourself so many questions saying ah oh, do you actually is it actually worth it to do that this do we actually make enough money uh like what, what can we do better like you know, like is 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 that set menu that wedding comes up? Like, is it the right price to sell? But the fact that all this information, you know them, and you know it's accurate. Uh, they include wastage and they include you know the the, the, the taxes and and it makes sure it actually makes you more 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 confidence and, and and feel better about things and. You know, when there's always this job that you never want to do, and you you, you put it aside, and 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 it's always frustrating because in the back of your like you know you need to do it, but you don't do it. Uh, it's very often is because you don't have the right tool, but it's just so it, it it makes you feel feel good that it's actually done properly, rather than be like oh yeah nah no, I know yeah no I'm not I'm on top of my food cost, but. Like, do you really know like there's maybe there's a dish who brings all your food costs down but you don't know it you you, you know what i mean it's uh it's so important those days to be on top of your food cost to, you know to your panning and how much cost the food that you put on the plate like prices is so high they're going up and up and up and it's really hard to put a price up on a menu uh the suppliers don't really mind putting the price up but like as a restaurant it's it's hard it's hard and 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 knowing that you're doing the right things for the f- you know to be profitable as a business it's uh it's good it's very important
1: you've worked in some pretty incredible restaurants all over the world how, how different is uh working in a kitchen in australia and the, the australian culinary landscape compared to your experiences abroad
0: um it's hard to tell i think because in in every kitchen around the world um 10 or 15 years ago, it was really different than the way the the, way the world is now. Um, I mean, I was not in Australia 10 or 15 years ago, but I'm sure they were working more than eight hours a day. Uh, at the moment, you know, it's, 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 it's really, I mean, we used to work you know, 12, 15, 18 hours a day, and it was normal. And those days, it's, it's not normal anymore. Like it's, it's normal, a full day, it's, it's eight hours as soon as you do nine hours you're like oh that's a lot of hours you know I'm a bit tired uh, so ten years ago it was very different and um, and um, and so, so it, it, it's really hard to, to, to compare you know the kitchen in a world you know what I mean um, but yeah it's uh, it's uh, it's very um, it's very strange
1: you've found- built an amazing career and had had such an impact um upon your arrival in australia what do you love about what you do
0: um is is the 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 atmosphere in the kitchen it's uh it's something you would miss uh i I don't know working in the office and uh or 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 doing something else you know you you kind of working with this little family you 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 talk you joke the whole day around you know you touch food you touch amazing product you you you, you eat you eat stuff every day that some people eat once a year um and you gotta you can be creative and and uh it it, it, it's i I love being a chef i love being a chef i don't know i I don't know what else would i do if i was no one it's uh i'd be lost
1: (laughs) (laughs) well uh it's amazing what you've done since you've been here um Please keep in touch and uh, we'll catch up again soon.
0: All right, sounds good. Thank you.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we take a deep dive into the lives of the incredible people who ply their trade in the food and hospitality sector. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au Stay safe and be well.